Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. That's cute. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, we have a solo. It's not really solo because there's two people, but it's just me on today's episode. But Kirby's here for the intro. Yes, I am. I was very sad to miss this because... I think that this woman is incredible. Also, I am always shook. I think you've told me her age several times, and every time my mouth is agape because I'm just like, I can't, I can't fathom it. This woman is in her early 50s, and this she says so on the podcast. Like, we're not just like outing her, but she talks about if you follow if you follow Tina Chen Craig on Instagram, formerly Bag Snob, she's very open about her life recently separating from her husband, raising an 18-year-old. She just lost her dog, which was really sad. She's just like very honest, open person. Um, And she came on the pod because she was a listener request. Yes, we asked y'all to please like let us know. Obviously, we have people that we think would be interesting for specific episodes and also our personal wish list. But we also like to take the temp of the glams. Like, who are y'all like really gunning to have on the pod? And it just so happens it was very easy to get her on because we know her publicist and Sarah has known her for years. And we are both just big fans of You Beauty. Tina is going to talk about You Beauty um, and uh, why she decided to start a skincare line versus a fashion line, even though she was, you know, known as she's like an OG fashion blogger. Like I said, formerly known as Bag Snob, like was reviewing all the designer bags like forever and ever ago when people were still logging onto blogs to read uh read things yep and then transitioned her talents to social instagram twitter and then now is running this incredibly successful beauty brand which the products are just so amazing you've heard us talk about all of them before come for that story but stay for her little anecdotes about being a mtv vj mm-hmm. back in the day and she's just got so many little gems. You'd also really love her because she's she's a Texas girl. Where from? She li- well, she currently lives in. I think she lives in Dallas. <gasps> oh well, when I go visit yeah. my fam, I should ask her out to lunch. Yeah. Oh my god, you should and like have her invite you over to her house because I'm sure it's fabulous. I was asking people on my Instagram about uh, about specific brands they felt catered to like the 40 plus crowd, and You Beauty was one that people felt not just like not just like oh they they like feel old because I feel like some people misinterpreted the question so I got a lot of those answers okay I meant like brands that actually cater to women's needs in the 40 Uh plus 
arena. Yeah. And you beauty was mentioned several times. So I'm excited. Yeah. And I love that too, because in the episode, you'll hear her speak about how she, you know, she was, is just a woman who was in her forties wanting to create skincare for herself and like people like her. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, she was actively trying to like just make money off of like, you know, women who are more mature and like looking for something you know what I mean like she really Mm -hmm. just wanted to make good skincare and I'm glad that people recognize that but you know even Kirby and I use the products and we're you know we're not we're not there yet but we will be um so it it does work for a lot of people but I do appreciate the fact that like people in their 40s and 50s can be like Tina knows what she's talking about and I love these products so anyways tune in keep listening and here's Tina Tina, the last time I saw you was in LA right before the pandemic. God, has it been that long? Yes, because I remember I like had just found out I was pregnant and I wasn't telling anyone. And I don't think we were like drinking it. I think it was like a brunch. Oh, you know what it was? I think it was because there was like retinol in your product. And so I don't know if I was allowed to use it. It was the resurfacing compound. Yes, it was the resurfacing compound. That's right. It was the only product I had. Yes, yes, it was the first product. Yes. And so I was so excited to meet you, but I was so bummed I had to wait, you know, nine months to use it. And of course, it changed my life after. And how old is your baby now? And now she's two. Stop it. I know. So it's just wild. Mine just turned 18 yesterday. So I saw you were like the best mom. Well, thank you. I try. I just do whatever I need to just try to keep us both like alive and happy. And that's all you want for your children, right? So healthy and happy. Oh my God. No, you're such an inspiring mom because you're so fabulous and you're running your business and you're doing all the things. And then you also like have time to like cook him all these like gourmet meals and like also his friends. It's incredible. Well, you know, the the reason Chinese mothers cook, it's because we're controlling. It's like we're cooking so we can control everything they eat. You want to keep them in the house. Yeah, it keeps them in the house. <laughs> so having a Chinese, you know, mom, it's part of that. It's like, what are you going to eat fast? But you have to eat this. This is healthier. So make you grow tall. This will make you be healthy. You know, poor kid. He's like, leave me alone. Just stop. Can I just have a meal? He goes, why does everything we eat have to have some sort of health benefit? I'm like, what do you mean? We're Chinese. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like you need fiber, you need vitamins, you need this, you need to calm your inflammation, drink that. He's like, bro, calls me bro, bro, bro. Can we just eat? Guarantee when the time comes and he leaves you, he will be so sad and have like nothing to eat. I hope the day doesn't come. I hope he sticks around. I'm going to move to the dorm with him. That's never going to (laughs) happen. I love that. He's going to love that. Okay, let's jump into... Our very first question, which I'm dying to know, what is on your face? Okay, so every morning I start with a splash of cold water and just kind of like reactivate my barrier from the night before. And then I just clean my face with room temp water. And then I start always with the super hydrator. It's my first step on my face. Some days my resurfacing compound, right now my skin is very resurfaced and very optimal. So I cut back to nighttime only because I don't want to waste product, if I'm being honest. (laughs) It's fine to use it twice a day, but I'm just like, my skin is at its optimal resurfaced and I'm okay. You know, it's I'm not out in the sun a lot. Yeah. You don't want to overdo it. 
Yeah. And so right now during the day, I'm just using my, um, even though I can have as much products as I want, I'm just, you know, I'm very Chinese in that way. I don't want to be wasteful because you know, in your head, it's bad karma. You're just putting all over your face just because you can. There are people who need it. You know, I don't know why I think like that. Like all the editors call the 3D Moisture Shield because it works on not only the surface of the skin as this like gorgeous, luxuriously, fabulously rich cream, which is not exclusive protector for your skin, but also Beneath the skin surface, the hydrocyan capsules are able to travel deeper and really where the cryptic damage is, where it's really dry, where there's a lot of free radical activity, when the free radicals penetrate through the hydrocyan is when it bursts open, releasing the five molecular weights of hyaluronic acid molecules. I always say hyaluronic acid is like chia seeds, you know, it expands in the presence of any kind of water molecules, just like when you put chia seeds in coconut milk, they like expand. And so when they come into contact with free radicals and it's penetrated through the capsule wall, releasing the hyaluronic acid molecules that were encapsulated, that's when it expands beneath the skin's top layer, acting sort of as a plug for any barrier breaches and really a water source for your own skin to drink from. And so that's why I love it in the morning. I mean, you see me, I just came home from all day working, went by luncheon to meet Daniel from Scaparelli from Paris. He's the creative designer of this amazing brand. And so I'm like, I'm glowy. I'm okay. I'm like, I'm going to get on this podcast. And when I saw him, I'm like, oh, it's a, it's not a Zoom. It's a regular camera with no filters. I know. I'm sorry. I don't even filter myself on Zooms because I think it looks really obvious. Like people don't realize I'm like, I'm like, hello, you just look like wax, but no, it's fine. I got you beauty. I just did this. No, you look very glowy. You look extremely dewy. Look at those cheekbones. Yes. Oh, you beauty. What I do is I really incorporate my skincare into my makeup routine. So after I do the super two pumps, I use my multimodal defender with SPF 30. This is a physical block. It's a nano zinc oxide with broad spectrum. And this is probably one of my favorite products ever invented on this whole planet because my whole idea to our biochemists and doctors was... I had heat activated hyperpigmentation. I said, I don't go in the sun. You know, everyone's seen me with my face shield since 2010 when I was on Twitter, even before Instagram and face rolling, all that stuff I was doing long ago. But even in the shade with a cover and even with a face shield, scarf, whatever, I will get heat activated hyperpigmentation. And so I said, you need to figure out a way how to keep my skin temperature from rising in the sun. And they looked at me like I was insane. They're like, you mean just protected from this? And I go, no, not just protection, even addressing the skin temperature. And then I said, also, it needs to correct. I go, I don't just want to SPF. I want it to correct past sun damage. I wanted to be able to lighten my current hyperpigmentation. So it was a lot of ask. And they're like, all right. So <laughs> this is one of the first, like when they were working with me, that's what it does. It corrects past sun damage because there's a brightening ester, past photo and sun damage. And the brightening ester in the sun siren literally as effective as prescription hydroquinone and arbutin. When you put on, it really lightens and evens and brightens your skin tone. That's what this product is so amazing. It corrects past sun damage. It protects from the present and defends for the future. And it protects you from not just sun exposure, UV exposure, but your blue light from your laptops and your phones and infrared and everything around us. So this is really an amazing product and it's so buttery. So I put that on over and it's really like a makeup base too. If I'm not going out, I don't wear any foundation at all. So I'm just going to be working from my office because I work at home. But if I'm going to go out and I wear my SPF even from home just because of the UV damage from the window and the blue light, because people don't realize I'm like just being by the window, this light exposure, this is a physical block. I have this on really, I use it even at night as a spot treatment. 
But if I'm going out, then I, there's a few things I must have on my face. And the first is Jones Road pencil, the everything pencil. So I use it on my waterline. I use that. And then I also use it as like any other spots that I, I may have. And then the concealer I love right now is the Dior Backstage. It's amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Don't you love this? It's like super creamy. And I just only do right here. I learned to only do these stripes and never here. Cause once, once you're a person of a certain age, female and males, you get these, they're like slanted lines from age over 50. I mean, it started happening in my forties. For our listeners, you're applying it to like the inner corners of your eye and then on the outside, not underneath. Yeah, inner corners and straight down along, not on the nose, but straight down along it where that line is because leaky vessels, do you know about leaky vessels? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Around the eye area that create that dark circle and then create the swelling as you get older, leaky vessels. Like there's, there's not enough I have to worry about. I worry about leaky vessels in my eyes. And then I do this line straight up across my temples that really gives you a lift. I don't use a lot of foundation, but when I do want more coverage, I've been obsessed with the Westman Atelier, her new bright complexion drops. They're so good. And you know what I do with them? We just get like a dot of super with it and it becomes super extra glowy. The super is everything. So you sheer it out a bit. I mix that together. It's already very sheer, but I just like my skin to show because I spend a lot of time on my skincare. Again, also it's because of my age, because as you get older, you don't want a full face of foundation and powder. It just settles into the line. So you want reflective things. You want things like this. And Gucci's, I think she's around my age. And so we both have these same issues. That's why I think our products, but even, you know, girls that are in their twenties, they love the super because it feels really moisturizing on the surface, but then they tell me it's so hydrating and it's not too rich. That's the one thing that men and people with more sebaceous glands, it's just drinks right in. It's so good. So that's what I have on my face. And then for a bit of color, Bobby Brown, again, Jones Road, I switch off between her and West Mattel. These two are probably the makeup lines I use the most right now, but I pretty much forced her to do this color because she had all these great colors, bronzes and tans. And I was like, Where's the hot pink? We were going to call it the Tina pink, but I guess her team probably like none of the things are named after <laughs> girls. So they called it flushed. So it's a flushed miracle bomb, which I just put right here on top. It's really sheer. So if I feel like I need a little more color, then I'll get my West Metallia stick. And this is called pop it, that hot pink one, right? But same thing with this. I mix the super with it. And Gucci does it a lot. She mixes the super with a lot of her stuff in a tiny drop. And it becomes this amazing creamy, almost translucent popsicle glow on your face. Oh, popsicle glow. I love that descriptor. I love popsicle glow, anything. And then I even put it, you know, <laughs> mix it with the plasma. So these two I love. Uh, my mascara that I'm obsessed with is Pillow Talk Push-Up Lashes. Charlotte Tilbury, she knows what she's doing with everything, but her mascaras are insane because she sleeps in them. I don't know if it's a secret. Sorry, Charlotte. I hosted her launch dinner, I think seven or eight years ago in Dallas. And she was like, darling, after you take off your makeup, you got to put your mascara back on. So when you make up, you have lashes. And she's like, there's conditioning agents in here, darling, sweetie. Don't you know? And I was like, wow. So I know her mascara is actually very conditioning because she's going to be sleeping in it. So her mascaras are my like holy grails. And then for my lips, I love a great lip liner. And then just with the plasma. And this is my lip liner. Again, it's Charlotte. See, I'm a creature habit. If I find something I love. I'll try different colors. But I think right now on my face though, this is called the Lip Cheat Love Trap. 
this is a very nude rosy. And then I went in there with this Dior 525 Dior Rouge. So that's all I have on my face right now. I love it. It's simple and it lets your skin shine and it looks like you. Yes. And then I sealed everything with the plasma, our plasma lip compound. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, I use it at night. It's almost like a lip sleeping mask. It is, but you have to use it during your day. Well, I mean, no, I use it during the day too. But you know, at night, like especially I need something that's like thicker. So I'll layer that on because I have very dry lips. Do you see how like when I need a product, I just reach behind me? How lovely. My friends, when they come to my office, they don't even talk to me. They come straight up here and they just start grabbing like... I go, hello, this is not, you know, blue light special at Kmart. I don't even know if they have Kmart anymore. I'm so old. And they just grab this. So this is the plasma. So I use this as like a plasma parfait because on my bare lips first to smooth and hydrate. And this has the volume siren that really gives you that like 3D cushioning effect. Similar to the super, it's able to create this like barrier plug for any of the breaches because our skin is made up of mesh of polyunsaturated fatty acids. And there's a lot of tears. And the older you get, the more tears you have, the more holes you have. So all the holes are in your skin are the reason that we're aging. So the plasma also creates like a plug. And so that's it. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So I use that over the lip liner too. So it's like the plasma sandwich. Ah, okay. Look at you. You're glowing. You're ready for your cocktails after this. I'm ready for my cocktail. Thank you for walking us through that. Okay, Tina, can we go back in time just a little bit before you are this, you know, major entrepreneur? It's like one of my favorite things to talk to you about. Well, that one time that we got to talk was that you were an MTV VJ in another life, which was my dream job. <laughs> yes. How did you get into that? Okay, so I have to say a lot of things that have happened to me in my life have been pure luck and chance, but I've always been a believer. Everything happens for a reason. And so whenever opportunities presented themselves to me, I wouldn't just brush it off. I grabbed on and seized onto each one of them. And I was working in Asia and I graduated USC in 93 and I went back to Asia. I had decided that after a couple of jobs and internships, I decided I really wanted to go into business for myself because I don't listen to directions well. (laughs) And I convinced my older brother to start a company with me and we borrowed money from our parents and we bought American licenses to sell in Asia, sub-license. And when I got into that, I had to live in Asia, go back and forth. And by the time I was 25, I was burnt out because you know, I'd been working in the corporate world. When you have a startup at that age, you're really hands-on and you don't know what you're doing. Everything's trial and error and you fail every single day. So people should not think like, oh, she's so lucky. Like I have had so many failures, but every one of those failures were huge lessons to me. So at 25, I was tired. I was burnt out. The business was really difficult because, you know, I was a kid and I thought I knew everything. And so I wanted to do it my way. And I learned every day I knew nothing. And by the time I was 25, I was having lunch with a girlfriend and her aunt who is a TV producer. And I was eating, speaking Chinese and English at the same time while I was eating. And her aunt looked at me and said, do you think you could do that on television? And I said, what do you mean? She said, I'm casting for a new lifestyle show. And it's a travel show that you would go around Asia eating and critiquing the restaurants. I'm like, what? 
go on TV and eat and be paid for that. I mean, my favorite thing still now is to eat because I am Chinese. <laughs> and so I started doing that. And it was so funny. I was just telling someone the other day, I was like the dumbest food critic who ever lived because I didn't know what I was doing. She goes, do you know how to be on camera? And I just said, yes, even though I didn't, because I always say yes. And I figure it out. And I would be on camera and you're supposed to, you know, be very dainty because this is in Asia, you know, Taiwan, you're like, oh, and this dish has aromatics and you cook it first. But instead I'm like shoving food in my mouth and I'd be like, thumbs up or uh, or thumbs down if I didn't like it because <laughs> I just didn't have the words to really critique the food properly because I don't know what I just knew that I like good food and I became a favorite with like seriously with cab drivers and you know just your your normal blue collared working men because I appeal to their aesthetic because I'm like thumbs up <laughs> shoving food in my mouth talking thumbs down they're like I'd like to eat noodles with her yeah, exactly. And then I would get in cabs and they would look at me and they'd go, oh, and they would do this, you know. And so from there, MTV saw me and they reached out and said, you know, we watch you. How do you speak English as well as Chinese? And I have to say, because in the 90s, the first crop of Asian Americans graduated college, which was me. And we went back to Asia. We were the first immigrants who had moved to the U.S. in the late 70s, early 80s, and came back speaking English as well as we spoke Mandarin Chinese. And we were very special back then because there was nobody else like us. So they would see us on the street speaking English and they were like, you know, you gotta remember like China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, very homogenous. Well, not Hong Kong. Hong Kong's very international, especially Taiwan and China and cities like Taipei and Shanghai, very homogenous, all Chinese people. So when they would see you, they think you're Chinese and you start speaking English to your siblings or your friends and they stare at you like, oh, wait, what are they doing? Are they aliens, you know? And so I use that to my advantage and I parlayed that, my bilingual and my love of music and being trendy and fun into MTV. So they had me come and audition. I'll never forget, it was International Top 20 and I knew everything about music because I love music. And my first job was at a music store when I was almost 14 because I wanted to buy a red bikini and my parents said no. And my grandmother said, if you can buy it yourself, I bet they'll let you. She was kidding so I had my aunt drive me to the Montgomery Mall and I got a job at Sam Goody. And they told me they were hiring me because I was the only one who walked into the Sam Goody stores that applied for a job that didn't look like a drugged out, you know, long hair Hessian. Because I'm like in my little bow top, Peter Pan collar, you know, almost 14, about to be a freshman in high school. And I'm working at the cash register because I was the only one that was trustworthy enough. So, so I knew a lot about music. And so I did the international top 20. I killed it. And then they ran it as an actual episode. And they said, you're hired. And so... I quit my food show. I quit my job with my brother. I sold him the company for like a dollar. And then I just went for it. Incredible. It was the Spice Girls' very first world tour in 1997. And I was the VJ and I took them around. I have all these photos of us together back in 97. I was Rice Spice. I don't, I don't know if it's politically correct to say that, but I can say that about myself, right? <laughs> have you seen Victoria Beckham since? I'm sure you have. Oh, well, we started working together because I became bag snob and she's a huge bag snob. And so when she launched her brand, they actually reached out to me and had me host her. It was Nima Marcus. She was coming out with her own feminist line brand, Victoria Beckham. And then we were sitting on these two little white stools and I looked at her and she looked at me and we're holding mics. And I'm like, I know you don't remember me, but I was the MTV VJ in Taipei when you guys launched your first Asia tour. And she was kind of so polite, gracious. Of course, of course she did. And I could see in her eyes, she's like, what? I don't know. You're just the blogger we hired to like, you know. I'm sure that was a blur for her. A total blur. And it was so long ago. It was like, but then after that, we worked together some more. We really hit it off. And so I worked with her 
every season, I would say, until she moved her show out of New York and to London. So we we would see each other and do Chinese New Year things and do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, and I launched her back. So yeah. Isn't that weird? Like full circle, both of us still killing it, even though we're like in this age. Yes, I love that so, so much. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other Spice Girls. They're only her because she's in fashion. Right, right, right. Is there anyone else, any other celebrities or musicians who you remember? Aqua, I'm a Barbie girl. So I had told my dad I was, I had a recording contract. I was supposed to become the next big pop singer and I had recorded a demo and everything. And then my father found out about it and was like, no, you're not doing that. Like, you know, you went to USC. I paid for that education. Do something with it. So I lied and said MTV was like a news. I'm like, this is like a broadcast news show, like CNN, but music. He's like, oh, okay. That sounds respectable. Connie Chung. I'm like, yes, you guys, people probably don't even know who Connie Chung is, but she was like a very well-known, the first Asian on TV when we were kids. Yes, I was speaking to one of our former Refinery29 editors whose name is Connie, who was named after Connie Chung, and she wanted to write a story about how so many Asian women in our age group are named Connie because they were named after <laughs> Connie Chung. And she actually even interviewed Connie Chung to tell her that, which like I think Connie was probably like freaked out about. But like she was the Asian. That is hysterical. She was the only one we saw with her helmet hair. She was like an icon. So my dad thought that's what I was doing until he was flipping around and saw me in a blue fur bra with a blue wig introducing Aqua at their concert on this stage. And he was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then so, you know, my cousin was like, that's Tina. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not trying to turn off the TV. <laughs> but Aqua was amazing. So fun. And like literally every band, every singer that came through, I've met them. Mariah. I never met Madonna. She never came to Taipei, but Mariah Carey was there. What a fun time in music. Oh my God. It was the nineties and China and Mando pop was really fun too. In that time, you know, and everyone came through Asia. So if they came through Asia and did MTV Asia, I was called because I spoke English perfectly as well as Chinese. And so I would interview them. And I think that's where I honed my camera skills. And so when TwitPix came and I was doing selfies, it was all very natural to me, you know, whereas other bloggers who were mostly journalists who weren't used to being in front of a camera. So I realized I had an edge. So I doubled down. And when, when Instagram came, that was like, okay, because I was an anonymous blogger as Bagsnop. No one knew really who we were. And so with the onset of social media, I realized, oh, this is a chance to show my personality and really engage. To me, it was just about making friends. I wasn't like trying to get famous. I'm like, oh, now they can know who I really am. Not just typing behind the screen, you know, ragging on bags I hated or loved. And so, yeah, so that was all the beginning. That's so funny, like looking back and I find these photos and all the styles that the TikTok kids are into. I'm like, I did that in the 90s. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how circular it is. Before I ask my next question, how big is your purse collection, your bag collection? It used to be really huge. In fact, it was so obnoxiously huge. It spilled into every room in my home. And then I was burglarized. And my little boy, he was like seven at the time. I was traveling and he was home with the nanny and they went to preschool or wherever they went. It was obviously someone who was following and watching us. And by the time I came home from Italy, you know, it was all done and I didn't even know. And I walked in the house and I was like, what's happening? So we went into my bed. He was like, mommy, I have to show you. And he showed me my pet closet that was ransacked. And he goes, it's okay. And he said to me, he, 
your bags don't love you, mommy. They can't hug you anyway. So he hugged me. He goes, I hear no one stole me. Maybe he was only five. He was really little. I remember he was going to preschool. So maybe he was four, yeah, four or five. And that's when I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And so I just started, you know, when Salvation Army or whatever charity, they're like, they wanted bags. I just started donating, gifting, sharing, giving, you know. So now it's not as obnoxious. I've donated so many bags. I'm literally like, I'm kind of out of bags to donate. I keep it pretty streamlined now. It was pretty big at one point, you know, probably 500 bags was not unusual for me to have on rotation. Right. Wow. Well, it was also like your job to review them. Like you had to. And by the way, this is back before they were gifting bags the way they are now. They're giving them away like candy. So my bags were, you know, they were special to me. And and I've always loved bags. My first designer bag was a Gucci camera bag with a matching Gucci wallet from my mother. But unfortunately, it was like the late 80s and people weren't into logos. And so I was kind of like, so my first real designer bag that I knew I loved was a Prada nylon backpack mini with gold chains. I saw it, fell in love bought it for myself. Didn't eat that entire month at college, but I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And now look at all the nylon Prada bags. Everyone is wearing them. They're back. I was that girl at USC carrying her nylon Prada backpack with lip gloss in it and eye serum, but then holding her purse, I mean, her books in her arms because I didn't want to destroy my nylon backpack. Plus it was small. (laughs) You didn't want to stretch it. Yeah. And then I had a Chanel classic flap from my grandmother that I would take to school. Bags and beauty. Skincare was my first, really first love. And then I got into bags in my 20s. So those were my two things, beauty and bags always. Let's talk about that. So obviously, well, you're saying skincare was your first love, but everyone knew you for being bag snob and I'm sure expected you to really pursue fashion more. And then you decided to go into skincare. Can you just tell us why you decided to make that decision? You know, I had a lot of bag collaborations that did very well. And at the time I started You Beauty, I had a bag collaboration with another designer. And it was just, it's a lot. You know, you'd have to go to Italy all the time and the manufacturing. It's a huge thing to keep up. And then I realized, you know, who am I kidding? I still just want to carry my Hermes and Chanel, much as I love my own designs. <laughs> I just... And I didn't think the world needed another skincare line. I actually was doing very well, rebooting heritage brands, traveling, doing masterclasses with huge skincare brands, launching huge skincare brands and launching small indie skincare brands. And like I said, I launched Charlotte Tilbury in Dallas and hosted her dinner. And so I felt there was a lot of cosmetic confusion. I didn't think the world needed another skincare line, but I knew the world needed a skincare line like You Beauty. And what happened was I was in Fashion Week and I was catching up and having drinks with a girlfriend and her husband and a mutual friend of ours, Gigi Howard, who's amazing. She's the founder of SIA, which I wear her chest patches to bed every night. So she's one of my closest friends and we're having drinks and we started talking about, you know, my skincare. And I knew that Katie and her husband had been private labeling for 20 years for other brands. So they're like the ones who are creating manufacturing and me as a front of house ambassador for so many brands, we were just kind of like, you know, how when you get with people from the same industry, you start complaining and saying, God, you know, it's all BS. Everybody's the same. It's different packaging, another marketing story. There's no true innovation. And I asked them, I said, well, what do you use? I said, you know, I use an eye serum from a brand that I'm helping reboot that I've used since I was 18. The La Prairie eye serum. I used to save my allowance to buy it when I was 18 for my college allowance for food. It was $86 back then. It was a lot of money for a college kid. Now it's like 180 something, I remember. So I ended up working for that brand, which was such a moment for me when La Prairie reached out and was like, we love hearing how you've loved the brand since you're 18. 
and I was launching this other big brand. And so I was using that cream in the ice room and that was it. I said, I can't use anything active and I'll use like an oil from Vintner's Daughter once in a while, but active ingredients always gave me rosacea because my skin is just so sensitive. And I said, I don't understand why people can't just figure it out and deliver ingredients to only where your skin needs it. Because let's get serious here. The world put a man on the moon in 1969. The iPhone is listening to us. Amazon delivers us, you know, something. The minute we order it, it's at our window because they knew we were about to order because they've been listening to us this whole time, right? But the world of skincare was so stagnated, was like stuck in the 1950s. And that's when Katie, you know, said to me, well, that's what we've been frustrated with. And we've been working on a technology with our medical grade lab in Italy. And we've been working on it for, at that point, about seven years. And we've never brought it to life. And what it is, is a nanomolecule, so tiny, minuscule, it's able to penetrate the skin. And on top of it, the molecule, the capsule wall, just for lack of a different word, it's not really a capsule, it's a molecule. It's like a live little molecule. And the makeup of the wall, this capsule, is made of the exact same polyunsaturated fatty acid as your own skin. So it's able to travel deeper into the skin. And Free radicals, as we know, are damaged cells frenetically looking to steal healthy electrons from healthy cells. So because our molecule mimics a healthy cell, it tricks the free radicals into thinking, oh, it's a healthy cell, I'm going to steal an electron. So when free radicals penetrate through our capsule wall, it bursts open, releasing active ingredients only on the free radical area, only where there's damage and not on your healthy skin cells. So when they're first telling me about the technology and its capabilities, where the technology is really a mechanism of delivery, it's not another ingredient story where we're going to dehydrate, we're going to do this, because that's all the same story at the end of the day. There's only so many ingredients. There's some really amazing ingredients and some people formulate it different ways to give you different results. But the mode of delivery is always the same. You spread actives all over your face, hoping it gets to where it needs to go. So this particular encapsulation, this technology was the delivery. Let's say like, you know, you have beautiful diamonds, but you have no way of delivering it to your customers. So those diamonds are worthless. That's how I started seeing skincare because it's just, you're just blindly putting it all over. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's not also the most efficacious way to do things. And you could damage and irritate your skin on the way. Because I'm not into fear mongering. Everyone do their own thing. You, everyone has different skin. You love your actives. You love your organics. Go for it. But for me, I just couldn't. So I said, oh, would you like to like do something with it? And I said, what do you mean? Like go to the lab and, and make my own Tina serum. You know, it's like being invited to go to Hermes to design your own bag, you know, which I've done as well. And so they said, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, okay, but I wasn't going to be in Italy because I'm in the middle of fashion week and I was traveling, going to the Oscars or something. And then I was going to Paris after that. So it turned out the Italian team of biochemists and the owners were going to be in LA the exact same time I was at my hotel. And again, Tina goes into, oh, nothing happens randomly. Everything happens for a reason. So I thought, oh my God, at Beverly Hills Hotel, my God, I would love to meet with them. So I landed that morning. They were leaving at like seven that night. We spent all day talking and I gave them all the ideas I had. Again, I didn't have the language. It was kind of like when I was being a food critic, just telling you what I know I needed and what I want. And I said, you know, I need something like laser in a bottle, something that can give me the resurfacing without actually getting resurfacing without the irritation. And I need something that can make me glow like a five-year-old. I need an SPF that also corrects past damage and to also brighten my skin. And oh yeah, can it keep my skin cool? So I don't get any more hyperpigmentation and I need invisible spanks for the arms. Like I gave them my list of my dream products. And so we started with the resurfacing compound. They formulated that using the siren capsule 
medical technology. There was no name in all of our heads. It was, I'm making an Ocuturatina serum, basically. And I was like, and I hate the word serum. Can we call it a compound? It sounds like you're custom compounding it. And they're like, okay. And Katie's like, we can't call it a serum. I go, no, everyone has a serum. It's so boring. I thought it was just for me. So I go, I want to call it the Tina compound. They're like, okay, the Tina compound, because we were just making one for me. So they formulated one, sent it to me in Paris. And I landed on a Tuesday, went to the Dior show, exhausted. Then by Friday at the Balmain show, all the girls front row looked at me and said, mama, like something's going on with your skin. I go, what do you mean? They're like, you've always had great skin. All the influencers, they were like, but it's next level. It's the end of Paris Fashion Week. Everyone looks like something the cat dragged. And why are you sitting there glowing, even skin? I go, I don't know. I'm like this compound for myself. And then all I had was my name on a white bottle. And some of them were like, Tina Craig's skin on a bottle. Can we try it? And I go, I guess. So they would come to my hotel room. No lie. And like, hi, can I just have a pump? A PR director, she showed up, you know, when I was in Mexico, she was like, she had a little Ziploc bag. She's like, can I just have a few pumps? Because she had a breakout. And I realized, I said, this is crazy. I go, is it possible for me to see results in three days? And our chemist said, yes, because we're able to only treat the damage. Imagine if you're trying to put oil in your oil gasket. You don't know where the oil gasket is. So you spread it all over your engine, destroy the engine, and only three drops get in the oil gasket. But if you knew exactly where it was, you only need to do three drops and your car runs beautifully, right? So because it only treats the damage, my skin was able to like show the changes quickly without irritation. I hated when people used to tell me, oh, power through the irritation and damage power through. Do you, have you ever heard that? Yes. Oh yeah. You have irritation. That's because it's working. No, it's because it's irritating. Right. That's why everyone's skin was just destroyed. And now everyone is focused on no acid mantle left. Yeah. Barrier destroyed. Yes, exactly. And look, I was guilty. I was doing the microdermabrasion in the nineties. I was doing everything that my grandmother used to be like, because the women in my family, they use tissue paper to, after they wash their face to blot it. Because, oh, Maojing Tai Tzu, which is, you know, towels are too rough. I'm like, what? Towels are too rough on your face? They're like, the face is the most precious leather of all. Basically, they treated their faces the way they treated their Hermes bags and Chanel bags. And so I started thinking, oh, maybe there's something to that. Because obviously I'm getting rosacea flare-ups every other day. They must be doing something right. And they kept telling me, Shaltina, you know, my name in Chinese, little Tina. They're like, you're damaging your skin. Look at you look old. Like I land in Asia from the US, the minute I land, it's like, oh, so dry, so old. She's American. Oh, too fat, too skinny, so short, too dark. <laughs> what? And so I really was worried about my skin. And so I just got so excited and everyone kept asking if they could try it. And I asked Katie, I go, do you think we could make more samples for my friends? She goes, yeah. I go, maybe we could sell it. She goes, sell it to who? And I'm like, I don't know, my friend's Instagram. And so we just started making more samples and more samples. Didn't even have a name. And then a beauty buyer from Net-A-Porter, Billy Ferrissey, who's also the bag buyer. So she used to buy my bag lines. So she tried it and she went bananas. Less than a week, she was at the Net-A-Porter offices and her team said to her, what are you using? We need to sell it. So she WhatsApps me and she goes, we want to sell this. What's it called? I call Katie and I go, uh, Net-A-Porter wants to sell the Tina compound. They want to know what it's called. Can I just tell them it's a Tina compound? She's like, no, I think we should meet in New York and have a serious discussion about what having a brand together would look like. And so that was it. We flew to New York. Of course, I was at events and parties and she waited up for me till midnight, you know, came into the hotel and we sat there all night and discussed what a partnership could possibly look like between the two of us. And it was just like kismet meant to be. I call it yun, which is the word yuan fin, which is destiny and yun qi, which is luck together. I call it yun. And we've been led by that. It's kind of like when you're cooking with your grandmother and you're like, what's the recipe? She's like, just 
let just use your feeling. Just taste it. What are you stupid? She used to tell me, I don't have a recipe. You're, why are you so dumb? Just let your feeling <laughs> take you there. You know, <laughs> let destiny to see if you're supposed to be a cook. Ask the gods how much salt. Tell me, I don't know. I'm like, what? <laughs> So did you ever think like, you know, two years later, you would be here and like, so successful and continuing? Honestly, I dreamt, I wished, I hoped. Well, it's three years now, November 1st will be three years. And I thought we'd do the resurfacing compound and people don't understand that this is not an influencer, quote unquote, brand the way some people like are hired to resurrect an old dying brand no one remembered. And then they're the front and they say, yay, this is my brand, which is great. Good for them. Mine's not like that. We literally took out a line of credit from the lab. We wrote checks of our own money and we even framed those checks going, you know, if we really make it one day, we've got the checks here. And yeah, we took a big chance. Like, you know, the lab took a chance by extending a line of credit because they really believed in my craziness and the fact that I, I really knew what I wanted. I knew what women and men wanted. I knew what the industry was lacking because having worked in the industry for almost 20 years, being the ambassador and a whole lifetime of, you know, saving up for ICRM at 18 years old. Who does that? <laughs> Me. So they really believed in our vision. And I think too, what sets you apart in addition to, I mean, the fact that you're obviously very passionate about it. There was this white space that you wanted to fill and the technology is really, really amazing is the fact that like, if you look around, I'm sure you get pitched all the time by so many different new brands that are sprouting up, especially like you said, from influencers and celebrities. A lot of them are really young. Like they don't have a lot of wrinkles on their eyes. Even me being like, beauty director at Refinery, I feel like I'm on the older side of these beauty editors who are reviewing these. Everybody's 18 right now. Yes. And so I'm like, how can you really trust someone who doesn't even have like a wrinkle or a dark circle, you know? And so I think the fact that you knew exactly who your customer was and also the needs of women and men your age. Well, that's the thing about you, beauty. My son uses it since he was 13, because it is the only smart, really the only smart products out there because it's driven by the needs of your own skin. Because the more free radicals you have in your skin, the more damage you have, the better your results. Because the free radicals, like I said, it's like a Trojan horse effect, right? When they penetrate through the capsule wall, thinking they're stealing a healthy cell, instead, they release active ingredients that neutralize them and reverse the damage they've done. So there are soldiers. So it really is dictated by what your own skin needs. So my son was 13, five years ago, having the worst acne breakouts. And so he didn't have his tretinoin prescribed by his doctor. And I handed him my little resurfacing compound, the Tina compound at the time. He's like, mom, I'm not using this. You're not a doctor. I go, just try it. You have nothing else. You have no choice. We're on vacation in Asia. We're in Japan. So he used that little sample. He never gave it back to me. To this day, if you walk in his bathroom, he's got the mantle face wash, which is launched today. He has that. He has his resurfacing compound in three different sizes, and he's got his super in two different sizes. And he uses it, which is so great. It's multi-generational because your skin dictates what it needs because it's a smart, it's a a mechanism of delivery that really allows us to treat only the damage. So if you don't have much damage, our products are safe to use because there's very calming ingredients. There's, you know, the super has a purified oat extract and even the resurfacing compound feels very calm, has aloe and the active ingredients will not release. That's why if you're pregnant, you should be really careful. But when doctors look at our technology, Dr. Dan Belkin put us in his 
presentation at a huge, he's a dermatological surgeon. It was a conference. And he said he'd never seen an encapsulation like this. He had never seen a technology where he says, my in-office procedures are not able to do what you beauty is able to do because the laser can't discern from healthy and undamaged cells. Whereas you beauty can, we treat the damage because we draw the damage causing free radicals to us because free radicals are magnetically attracted to healthy electrons and healthy cells. And because our molecule mimics a healthy cell. Yeah. So just know that it's going to give you what your skin needs, where it needs it. So 99.9% of people who use our products do not experience irritation and they're in shock. They're like, how is there retinol, antioxidants, vitamin C, alphas, and PHAs, glycolics all in one product? I said, yes. Because of our delivery system, it's bypassing your healthy skin cells. Another reason I should say why so many people love you in addition to being this, you know, incredible beauty entrepreneur and we all love your line. You're just so honest, even like in this conversation, no BS, Instagram, like you said, you don't ever use like filters. You're just like, this is who I am. When I do use filters, I always disclose. I'm like, I'm using this filter. Mom's had too many tequila. be with your followers about your life and, you know, what it is like to have lived your life and be a woman, you know, of your age. In my 50s, which really is the golden era. Yeah, it's so fun. You stop giving a fuck about anything. Like you literally give zero Fs. I feel like that phrase was created for at least women in their 50s. I don't know about guys, but like it's so different on this side. When I was turning, I was so like, I don't want to talk about age. Tell New York Times, I'm not disclosing my age. Tell her no, no, no. Now I'm like, whatever, who cares? Happy in my 50s on the other side, loving life. Yeah. And I think so many women, especially, but people in general love following you because of that. You know, you dole out advice. We, we've heard or I read recently, you're advising people like, don't get baby Botox when you're young, like stay away from anything that's too much. I didn't touch my face till I was 45. I got micro Botox at 45, 45 years old because we didn't have Botox in the 90s. <laughs> well, you also, you had such good skin, but you waited until you like really needed it. Yes. So what other like, what other beauty advice would you like to bestow upon our younger listeners who are in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, who are sort of still kind of like trying to figure it out. Number one, stop like doing what other people are doing because your skin is your skin. It has different needs. And unless it has a certain technology that can really prove that it's able to treat your skin very uniquely, made to measure for everybody, you should really, you know, go to someone who's a specialist, whether it's your trusted cosmetic essay or or facialist or derm and figure out a routine that works for yourself. And number two, well, one is free. Stop using hot water to wash your face. I've told this to so many celebrities and models. I first started saying this years ago and I said, just room temperature or cold water It literally changes your skin overnight. Number one, hot water from pipes leaches all of those rust and chemicals in your pipes onto your face. If you see all of that, you know, stuff around your sink, that's what it is. So room temperature, cold water doesn't do that. And number two, it's not going to strip your skin and throw it off because really hot water, imagine what it's doing to yours. You know how Chinese people are. We drink hot water, they're lukewarm on our bodies and faces, never hot to strip our bodies and and skin. And then the third one is invest in a water filter where you wash your face. And it's like $50 to $80 at Amazon. It's so easy and really changes and where you wash your hair too. So I have a filter in my shower and a filter in my sink and my sun sink. 
because I live in a sizable Texas house and the thought of redoing the filtration for every single faucet, I'm like, that's too much commitment. I don't have the time. And so I just, you know, I buy these ones on Amazon and they're great. You could get a good one for like $20, $30. Obviously they're like range in prices, but yeah, mine's I think 50 or something, 50 or 60. And it's, it's really good. And you can feel a difference when I use that to wash my face or if I go into another sink and I go, Ooh, yeah, no, you could just feel it on your skin because all the contaminants that are in the pipes. And if you turn on the hot water, it really leaches it from there. So I think those are easy things that you can just add it to your routine. But other than that, I'm not into like, you got to listen to me advice. Like you do you do what makes you feel good. Just don't over scrub at your skin. Don't over exfoliate. But I feel like people know that already. TikTok's taught the young people so much sunscreen every day. Who was it? It was one actress, Sarah Jessica Parker. She was very, she's also very transparent, open. I remember reading something she said, there's like, what is your biggest regret in life. She said, not using sunscreen until it was too late. She was, it was way too late. You know, it was the nineties, she was like smoking and hanging out, but I've always used sunscreen. Oh yeah. Everyone was like smothering like oil all over their body. Well, I did that in the eighties. I did that in the eighties until I was 18. And then I got so leathery and brown and dark and like really damaged. I can't even picture you. Well, I thought I looked gorgeous, so tan, but the damage was not gorgeous. But this is me. I'm going to show this. I mean, look at this tan. Stop. Oh my God. You're like a total. Oh my, look at the hair. The hair. <laughs> you look so cute. Oh my gosh. I was 17 here. And then here's probably 19. No, no, 18. Sorry. Yeah, 18. Right before I went home that summer, I was so tan. Oh my gosh. You are so cute. When I landed in Taipei, though, my grandmother was like, you're never tanning again. I'm like, bronze is beautiful. I'm not going to be one of those Asians. Only pale is beautiful. Bronze is beautiful. She's like, I don't care what color you are. She was like, look at your damage already. Look at the hyperpigmentation. You're 18 years old. And so she took me to get a bunch of like these acupuncture needle facials. And then they put on the slug on me. And it turned out to be jellyfish stem cell masks. And that's what inspired the barrier. Because I, I told my chemist, I'm like, could you bioengineer jellyfish characteristics into a jar? And they were like, what? I said, yeah, study the immortal jellyfish. It's the only organism on this planet that can only be killed by eating it, is what my grandmother would say. And if they lost a tentacle, got bitten half by a shark, by jaws, they could grow another head and grow more tentacles. So it's so funny because I started talking about this years ago on Instagram and then even started developing this like five years ago. So it came out this past year. All of a sudden this fall, I'm reading all these like scientists are studying the mortal jellyfish. And so my friends are, they're like, look what you've started, you know, like mainstream science is now looking at this. And I said, yeah, because those treatments really changed my skin because by the end of that summer, I looked like this which I would still use so much bronzer because I just think dark skin looks better on me. Oh my God, <laughs> that's crazy. Couldn't tan. I love a bronzer. I love like a healthy glow, but I want even toned skin. I love being pale sometimes too, just for red lipstick reasons, all for aesthetic. Just in general, don't lay under the sun, especially without sunscreen, everyone. Yeah, I don't lay out in the sun anymore. I only tan my legs. But you know, back in the 80s, we would use Bain de Soleil SPF 1 what did SPF one do for you? One. And then baby oil, if that ran out, cause it was cheaper. We were dumb kids. I never used Crisco. I didn't go that far, but I did do baby oil on my face late in the sun. I've spent the past 34 years trying to correct all the damage I did before I turned 18. 
since I was like 17, I was, yeah, it's bad girls. So don't just don't do it. (laughs) But I think people know now to use their sunscreen. Yeah, I think so too. But I think it's a good reminder to, to hear SPF always. Always. And keep your skin hydrated. So you just came out with a new product, the Mantle Skin Conditioning Wash. So excited about it. It is not a cleanser. I screamed at my son and now he's been conditioned. <laughs> my ex-husband now calls it his skin co-wash. Is that what that was? He's like, can I get more? And- yeah. Explain to us why is it a co-wash? And if it is not a cleanser, how should you use it? Well, it is a cleanser. I just don't call it one because cleansers have such for me, at least, this connotation of solubilizers or worse sulfates, which I don't think anyone uses anymore, but anything that foams up, how it cleanses your skin is that foam attracts the oil off of your skin that you're trying to clean or your scalp, literally removing that oil, sometimes your own essential lipids, right? And so this is a skin conditioning wash because I don't know if you knew the term, um, like little kids were taught to protect their skin acid mantle and, you know, just wash the stinky parts. Like twice a day we were washed. We're very clean. I'm not saying, but twice a day it was like, wash your feet, wash your private parts and stinky parts. And the rest of your body, they would, you know, do water or some kind of oil or coconut balm or oil or, you know, whatever, or fermented rice water. It was something else that, you know, my grandmother would use. Because if you think about it, what part of your body never has any soap on it? Probably the middle of your back. And if you look at the middle of your back, it's probably the healthiest, thickest skin of your entire body because it's never been huge, like no soap has ever touched it. So I don't want to call it just another cleanser. And that's why this product took a really long time. And the joke on our team is if there's something that like everyone's frustrated over and I keep saying, let's redo this. I know we can do better. They'll go, is this like the cleanser where we have dozens of formulations, multiple iterations of each formulation. And then you say, I hate it. And then you want to go back to two formulations and revisit that one. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, sorry. So it took a long time, but it's the skin conditioning wash. And so it's inspired by the idea that our skin is that number one, we don't need a four-step cleansing routine, which I had. I would do my cleansing oil, then a cleansing gel, then a makeup removing pad, and then a skin softener because I've stripped my face of, you know, now it's all feeling too tight, too dry. So it's really about that idea, like watching my grandmother using some kind of cream to wash her face, to clean her face, because they knew bombs and oils are cleansing agents naturally. So I wanted to be able to cleanse, obviously, condition and protect. So a person who doesn't wear any makeup, they probably could just use water to wash their face, right? Unless they were out somewhere in contact with bacteria or viruses, then yeah, maybe you need to wash it a little thing. But water after two minutes really washes off everything. But if you wear makeup, like I love makeup, I'm a girl who loves it. I like the no makeup makeup look. So the mantle skin conditioning washes, the idea that you can cleanse your face, condition it and protect it all in a single step without disrupting your acid mantle and also lowering the pH. So soaps are made to raise the acidity of your face. And a lot of cleansers, soaps especially have the sulfates or just solubilizers. Like I was saying, it pulls oils off your face. So I was like, how do we use our own lipids to our advantage? How do we like retain that and restore the acid mantle? balance the pH, reach the homeostasis of your skin before you put on your products. And I'm like, and can it just also have some sort of treatment aspect? Because I know with cleansers, like you can go to any drugstore and buy a cleanser or go to an expensive, you know, cosmic counter. It's the same. We're washing it off, right? So I was like, it has to have some benefit. It's got to do something else. How does it protect your ecoflora, the microbiome, the most important microbiome of your skin? And so that's how the mantle came about. It's a skin co-wash. And the conditioning part is what you feel. So 
It's an oil balm that literally you can put it directly onto your eye makeup dry and gently massage and it will melt away waterproof mascara. It will melt away eyelash glue without any irritation onto the skin without like, oh, it's so oily. I can't see, you know, because it emulsifies. So we use a lipo amino acid biovector, which is an emulsifier. So how it cleanses is that emulsifies and all kind of works with your own skin lipid. And watch when you add some water, see how it just like emulsifies into a gentle, deep cleansing milk, and then it rinses clean. But what you'll feel once it rinses is this soft conditioned skin. And that conditioner on your skin is purposeful. So don't scrub it at it, right? It's holding the fluorosiren capsules. The new fluorosiren has pre and probiotics to literally feed your skin. I am a person who loves to feed everybody. So I want to <laughs> feed their skin. How do we feed their skin? Actually, it's a treatment, even a treatment in addition to being a cleanser. Like it feels good. It's so soft. In terms of like your face, it's sort of replacing like a toner or an essence. Yes. Well, the toner is a resurfacing compound. It replaces the skin softener or skin essence, right? So this is your cleansing oil. This is if you use a gel cleanser after to wash all that off. And then if you use a makeup powder, if you just double cleanse, that's fine. Now, you know how usually you put on some sort of essence or micellar water to replace everything you stripped up. Think about saying that. Think about the idea of stripping away our own oils on our faces and our scalp and then buying a conditioner to replace it. I mean, are we that dumb as a human race? I literally was thinking about that. I'm like, what do you mean? Just don't strip it. You know, I was like, crazy. But we do need to cleanse. And in the past, I get it. We didn't have this as an option. So all of us were just cleansing and, you know, we were all just going with a status quo. So we're literally dismantling, <laughs> no pun intended, actually pun intended. So the skin co wash will gently cleanse off and lift away your makeup, impurities, dirt, pollutants without stripping your skin. Everything starts emulsifying. You will literally see it just melting away. And then as it melts away, then you add the water and you massage into your skin. It feels so good. And then we recommend using a soft muslin cloth to not scrub, but gently, gently, because muslin cloth is so much softer than a thick towel, like tight tool, right? what my grandmother used to say. And I feel like sometimes when I use other cleansing balms or oils, like you feel the need to use like hot water to get it off your face, but not this. And then it emulsifies and really emulsifies. And then it rinses clean. And then you feel the softening, this conditioning. It's a squishy, it's a feeling like you've never experienced before. So a lot of first time users will go, wait, there's something on my skin. Yes, that's purposeful. That's the conditioning part. I think everyone listening to the podcast knows like your skin does not need to feel squeaky clean in order for you to think that it's clean. No. No, squeaky clean is no good. And that like scrubbing your skin with hot water. I remember like my Chinese family be like, don't do that. And then so the flora siren has encapsulated pre and probiotics that feed the skin and further balance and feed the ecoflora. The microbiome on our skin, it's constantly there, but then we're constantly attacking it and eradicating it and throwing it off balance. And that off balance is what leads to all the things we don't want. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. I just love that everything that you do is just so innovative. And, you know, there's obviously so many products available on the market and you are just challenging each with like the technology and the category and everything. So congratulations. You're really killing it. Thank you. Well, my team always say every time we launch a new product, the reason we don't launch that often is because it's like launching a new brand. <laughs> yeah. Wish more brands would follow your lead because we don't need a launch every month. 
No, but I do want to say that when I launched, a lot of people were like, I thought you were a snob. I go, what do you mean? They go, your packaging is so cheap and da, da, da. But now every brand is luxury brand is following us because look, our lab is hundred percent CO2 free. Our lights are kept on with green energy. We don't toot ourselves as, oh, we're sustainable. Cause to me, that's a marketing gimmick as a modern brand. You should be sustainable. Like being green should be part of your foundation of your business. This is who you just should be, right? Even our packaging is recycled consumer material materials in a hundred percent recyclable. And we are going to start a refillable program soon. It took us a long time to do it the best way. And we were the first luxury skincare brand, you know, an indie luxury skincare brand to receive the positive luxury butterfly mark that they vet everything we use from the water we use to the supply chain for six months. My partner does all that. I only focus on what's on the inside. And once I'm done, I hand it off to her and she decides the aesthetics. She's so good. I mean, look at these beautiful, the colors and the sustainability. I think they're very chic. Look, in 2019, the world wasn't like this. The world was all about a heavy, they're like glass is more sustainable. It's not, most of glass is not even recyclable by the way. And it's heavy. What about the CO2 and the carbon footprint of shipping really heavy products? And then what about the layers and layers of packaging with gold foil and this and that thinking, oh, we're so expensive. To me, that's like an older guy buying a Ferrari to cover up for his, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's what it was like to me because our packaging has been like this always. And now people are copying that. It's always been streamlined. It's always been simple. It's always been about what's inside that counts. We didn't need to fool you with layers and layers of gold and foil and fancy flowers and packaging. No, this is what it is. It's simple. What's on the inside really counts when it comes to you, beauty. The formula speaks for itself. Yes. The efficacy of it. That's all I care about because it's my skin. It's my face. I only have one. It is available now. Can you tell everyone where they can go pick up You Beauty, where they should shop? You can get it at youbeauty.com. You can get it at Nordstrom online and at select Nordstrom locations at Saks. If you want department stores, there's Bloomingdale's and Bergdorf's. But if you want the smaller experience, more niche, it's violetgray.com and in store. We just launched at 20 stores in Blue Mercury. Super excited. And of course, Cosbar. We love Cosbar. We're also in Germany with Niche Beauty and Net-A-Porte, of course, our OG. They were the first to really believe in us. I love them so much. And we're in 44 countries. So we're all over the world. I was just in Canada and Canada, Halt Renfrew. I just did a PA there. So that was really fun. We also are at the Amazon luxury store. Oh, we're at Revolve. We're at Forward. Okay. So you're easy to find. We're easy to find. Yes. Just the letter (laughs) U because it's about you. That's how the name came about. We sat there and You know, at the time, everyone was all into like trendy beauty, J beauty, K beauty, C beauty. There's another new trend every day. And we were, we just wanted to be about you, the user. Your experience should be your own. And that's what you beauty gives you. Whatever your skin needs, that's all we're going to give you. Not more, not less. It's kind of like being Goldilocks. You finally discovered that one brand that's going to give you exactly what you need and make you happy. And that's you beauty. Thank you so much, Tina, for coming on, taking the time. We so, so appreciate you are actually requested by our followers. So I was. Oh, my gosh. That makes me feel so good. Tina, where can people find you if they're not already following? We're at you beauty on Instagram, which is just the at and the letter U. And then Tina Chen Craig is my personal. But go follow you beauty. You'll see me there, too. All right, that's it. Thank you everyone for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. 
Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson, and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 